Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a great holiday season as the last edition of 2016 for the Baseball Talk Radio Show moves on right now. of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. we got the sleigh bells in the background ushering in the holiday season once again around here. We want to wish everyone a very happy holiday and a very happy New Year. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing good, Rich, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to uh, you and yours and uh, a happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners out there. They uh going to have their first night of Hanukkah begins uh, on Christmas Eve I begin uh, uh I believe so this year it's it's uh talk about being close together both holidays are right on top of one another and uh, a little rare but uh uh season's greetings to everybody out there no matter what uh, faith or uh religion or race you are uh whatever you celebrate have a good time. Have a safe time, too. Absolutely. Tis the season to be jolly, they say. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> well, that's what they say, but uh, go to the shopping mall uh, right about this time of year, and there's not a lot of jolly people there. <laughs> now you can get in a big jam in a country minute. It was very funny. We were talking to uh, a nurse just the other day, me and my wife, and you know, she was mentioning about going out holiday shopping. She was in the mall behind people. And she said, I, I almost had a bit of a, a mall road rage because I couldn't get around people. I had to get into these certain stories, but stores rather, but everybody was, was blocking my way. So I wanted to pass them and going around them. And, you know, it was, it was very interesting to hear that comment. Cause I, I, myself, I don't go near the malls, uh, from about, thanksgiving on if i can help it i'm with you you know i don't even go into a store i i do <laughs> i do all my christmas shopping online it's it's the best way to go it comes right to your door and uh you can't beat it yeah and you know gift cards things like that people people appreciate that but you gotta hand it to people who are out there you know, going to the malls, filling up them parking lots, uh, give them an A for effort at least. But I uh, just, I've never been the type to uh, to run out at the malls. I, I just sort of uh, take another route, go go the long way, so to speak, and try <laughs> to avoid that. It's just, uh, it's it's tough. It is, and and uh, when I was a kid, we uh, growing up in Queens, uh, we'd get our shopping done and. Uh, you know, you walked everywhere when I was a kid. It's not like nowadays where you have to get a lift everywhere you go. 
We walked or bicycled, you know, but uh, I can remember going on Christmas Eve day and going down to the, they built the big Macy's by us and uh, eventually they put a mall up, but uh, uh, we'd go and sit there and just laugh our butts off and watch these people running around like crazy uh, trying to get gifts and stuff at the last second. Uh, of course, we knew we we could do it because we knew we were done. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I do I do everything online. I know some people don't like to do it; they think it's dangerous and whatnot. But uh, it it's much nicer, easier way to do it. You're not out in the cold. You're not braving, as you say, the crowds. And and uh, I just don't, as the older I get, I don't like crowds. Yeah, it gets a little bit harder to get around, and uh, especially with the crowds, as you said. And I try to save one or two things for the last minute because that sort of gives me more spirit during a holiday. Uh, I'll run out and get some cards and things like that. Um, but uh, the bulk of my shopping I try to do before all of the big rush at the malls. But, you know. People do what they have to do. They're, they're, a lot of people are living week to week, paycheck to paycheck. Friday, they get paid, they go out to the mall. So that's... It's true. Yeah. And people but, have had um, traditions. You know, I, I, I remember families that would not buy a Christmas tree until Christmas Eve. Uh, I guess two reasons. They were a little frugal, I guess would be the nice way of putting it. And you could get it, you know, half price, 75% off. At the last minute, but um, never, never was my family wasn't involved in that. We liked to have the tree up, but I can remember a couple of families that I knew that did it on Christmas Eve, and that was their that was their tradition. Then it became, you know, they would put the tree up on Christmas Eve, and uh, but it's just a, it's enough work just putting the tree up and getting everything wrapped to you know. Um, to have that extra stress on you on Christmas Eve, yeah. but, <laughs> that's a- you know, it's I'd, I'd rather get it up early and and uh, get the presents underneath and not have to worry. Yeah, and I don't know about where our listeners live, but around my way, a lot of the tree places are sold out. They're closed up. They're gone. You know that once those trees are gone, they're gone. They don't restock generally, so I guess you you have to have a reliable supplier to yeah tree up on Christmas Eve. But. And you know, I can remember a few years where uh, they had plenty of stock that they weren't, and uh, uh, so I guess the economy has improved over the last few years. People are going out and buying the the trees. Where years ago, um, there were a couple of years I can remember where it was not a good. Uh, a good year for for tree sellers, uh, but then again, it was a big market for artificial trees too. We ourselves have a artificial tree, and and um, I like it that way. Yeah, me too. I we just upgraded last year or two years ago to a pre lit tree, which I even like better. Yes. <laughs> to string the lights around several sets of lights and this is so much better oh yeah this is in three pieces you stick the pieces together you plug the lights together and in the wall and it's lit (laughs) 
You do still have to put on the the uh, the ornaments, but that's okay. Absolutely. Yep. That's makes all the season bright for everyone, <laughs> and hope, uh, like we said, everybody has a great time out there. And thank you for listening to this podcast all year. We've been doing a show like this for a long time. This is the first official year that we've kicked off the baseball talk radio show. So I wanted to thank all of our listeners for hanging in there with us. And Rich, yeah, I'd like to give my thanks too. And, and, uh, people are really starting to catch on to the show and, and, uh, our numbers are, are doing very nicely, but we'd always like to double them, of course, or triple them. So, uh, I hope everybody will go and, Tell your friends about the Baseball Talk Radio show as as well as BaseballTalkRadio.com and all the shows on that with your show and uh, my show and uh, all the other shows that are covering baseball all year long. So go check it out, BaseballTalkRadio.com. Yep. Talking about BaseballTalkRadio.com, one of the podcasts, uh, the World Series winning podcast, Ivy Envy, that covers the Cubs. Uh, had an unfortunate incident in the last week and a half or so. Uh, their site was hacked. Apparently, uh, they sent out a memo uh, to listeners and uh, Facebook mm-hmm. messages that, you know, the only way that you can listen to their podcast temporarily to get things squared away is through their app. So they, apparently they have an Android app and a, um, an iTunes Apple app out there. But uh, for right now, they got hacked. And their whole uh, RSS feed, which generally uh, feeds a lot of the uh, uh, online radio type, uh, Stitcher radio, places like that, uh, even iTunes to a certain point um, <laughs> takes RSS feeds. But uh, yeah, they had a hack. Uh, somehow the server that they were on went down. So uh, listeners of Ivy Envy, if you haven't seen uh, a podcast from them in a while, you might want to uh, try to get their Android app temporarily until they uh, get this squared away. Wow. I didn't hear that. And that's uh, really a shame. And you know, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff going on. Speaking of crazy, um, our list, will know what I'm there. You have a I have a Cleveland Indians hat on because it's my small protest to uh, the uh, MLB, I guess, and, and uh, to the Cleveland Indians who are slowly caving in and going to get rid of the Chief Wahoo. They're phasing it out. They're, I believe, removing it from the patches uh, on the, the uniform, and they're going to phase out the hats in, in uh, and go with those ugly i think the ugliest hats in baseball those those stupid block letter c's look if you want to get rid of it that's okay but at least come up with a design that looks good i mean that it's just a freaking block letter it looks like somebody in kindergarten drew it um you know this is professional baseball i mean come on come up with something they had a thing in the 50s with a pointed c that was pretty sharp looking go back to that um but but this thing is block C. So I'm urging uh, anybody in Ohio or Indian fans, 
Go out and buy your, you know, boycott the sea hats. That's what uh, this is starting some people in Cleveland. They're going to boycott anything that's just got the sea on it and just buy the Chief Wahoo hats and let them have uh, all of these ugly-looking sea hats in in, uh, in in stock that don't sell to anybody. So um, hopefully it'll work, but, you know, those kinds of things normally don't work. And uh, they're intent on getting rid of Chief Wahoo, and I just think it's one of the great logos in in sports. Yeah, that along with the Atlanta Braves hat, uh, not a bad hat at all. I, I don't understand the reasons for it either. And over in Cleveland, they do say that they will still be wearing the caps for 2017, but apparently um, possibly over the next uh, couple of years, they'll be phasing it out possibly or uh, moving on from it in some way. But uh, yeah, I think that's, part of the Cleveland Indians organization now, and it would be uh, very difficult for them to just drop it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, where does it end? What if, uh, you know, what if somebody comes and say, we don't like uh, a group of small people. We don't like the, uh, the term giants or something. And, and we want that, uh, done or, or or you know bird watching groups don't like the blue jay logo can we get we find it uh, offensive you know i mean i know it sounds a little ridiculous but you know there's been things i've said for years that sounded ridiculous and they're all coming to pass and uh so it's just you know, it's 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 we're getting back to the special interest groups, and I don't want to turn this into a political discussion. Uh, but we got to wake up in this country. There's too much of this political correct nonsense, and it it's really we're getting really stupid in this country. I hate to say it. Right. Well, that hat looks very good on you, and it's got the uh, postseason logo on the one side. Mm -hmm. And as you were uh, telling me right before we started the podcast, uh, it's got the new era uh, flag type logo on the other side. And that's going to be a steady part of all MLB caps in 2017. I believe so. I believe that's the new thing uh, this season that all the caps will have the new era flag on the uh, left hand side. <laughs> And uh, they already do it in the minor leagues. They have it, and I guess that's why they wanted to do it in the majors now. Um, well, you know, they, if they're paying for it, they're going to do it. You know, if you look at some of these uh, Dominican League teams and all of that, the Winter League teams, they've got patches, like, all over different companies. I hope they don't get to that. Yeah, that, uh, that would be a little... Uh... A little ridiculous, uh, yeah. but as as we were talking about a couple podcasts ago, um, there's going to be a new uh, company that's going to have the uniforms in a couple seasons. It's going away from Majestic Athletic and going over to Under Armour, and they're pretty well known for doing that in other sports in other countries. So, uh, as you said, I, I think that would cheapen the sport a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I could say, you know, Majestic has the uh, M or whatever uh, their logo is on uh, on the sleeve. That's okay. I it didn't, you know, Rawlings did it when they had it, and 
that didn't bother me. Um, you can live with stuff like that. It's when they get like these patches and they're all over the place, and um, then it just gets silly, and and it just doesn't look right. Well, we only have uh, 103 days till opening day, and it kind of sounds like a long time, but I'm sure uh, as the days click along here, we'll be uh, getting very much closer to spring training and then uh, seeing the games, of course, of spring training and then getting right up to opening day. But before that, Gary, we have the uh, BBWAA, the Baseball Writers of America, uh, with their ballot out. Of course, it was out since the summertime, but really the talk really starts to heat up around now as to um, who we expect will do well in the voting this year. And there's been a few uh, shows that I've listened to already talking about uh, the different players that have been on there for years. Uh, will they make it in this year? Will they not? And of course, a whole lot of first year players back up on the ballot here uh, for 2017. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, what do you think about the uh, top vote getters uh, for this year? Um, well, I, I got to tell you, I'm not all that impressed. Uh, you know, I expect Bagwell will get in. He had 71.6% last year, so... Uh, you know, what does he need? You know, one or two more votes to go in his favor, hold hold what he had and get another one or two votes, or, and he should be in. So uh, Tim Raines, uh, he might get in, though. You know, I I'll probably get some flack for this, but I don't see Tim Raines as a good player. I mean, uh, uh, strike that, as, as a Hall of Fame player. He was a very good player, but... You know, if you don't get in in 10 years, obviously they didn't think the other nine years he was worthy of getting in. So um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, he'll get in on his, uh, he had a high OPB or whatever they're using as a OPS. I, I don't know, whatever the heck these the sabermetric things are. But even the Hall of Fame voting is starting to go towards sabermetrics and, and that uh, I don't like that trend at all because I think you're going to see some guys. You're going to say why? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, sabermetric stats that can be skewed one way or another. Uh, war is one of the biggest ones. Uh, they add up some sort of calculations and tell you, well, he's uh, 18 times better than an average player over the course of his career. And I just I don't buy that either. Uh, looking at certain players and then looking at these war numbers, to me, it's just it's a little little hokey. Uh, but I, I'm looking over Bagwell's stats right now, and I never really considered him uh, a Hall of Fame type player. But I guess you know, using the numbers that they use at BaseballReference.com uh, is a good indicator of you know the career of some of these players and. His numbers sort of support that. So uh, claims that he's one of the sixth best first baseman ever uh, to play the game. So he does have the numbers to support him. Uh, only one other player currently uh, that he's compared with is a Hall of Famer, and that is Frank Thomas. But, um, yeah, I think maybe Bagwell's 
time is this year. Uh, there was some talk about the steroid issue with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never claimed that he took steroids, nor did he, uh, uh, you know, talk about it at a great length. But that, around that time was the time that a lot of this was going on. So not so sure that he may be in one of those uh, question marks, so to speak, um, so to speak about whether or not he used steroids. And, and you know, there's been talk about, you know, will Billy Wagner get in? I don't think he will. He's a little further down the list. But um, what I don't understand is, and this might seem like a, a Mets fan talking, but how do you let Billy Wagner in ahead of John Franco? John Franco's the all-time left-handed save leader. How, how does Billy Wagner get more consideration and, and the possibility to get into the Hall of Fame when John Franco never got a comment about it? I, I don't understand that at all. I, I can't for the life of me understand that argument that where is Billy Wagner? Franco's got better numbers. So how come? how could you let somebody in with lesser numbers? I, I I don't get it unless it's that whole sabermetric crap again. And, uh, you know, just going to Bagwell as the sixth, one of the six best third ba- first baseman of all time, I don't buy that at all. I can probably name you six right off the top of my head that are, are in the Hall of Fame that are better than him already. I mean, Garrick, you're going to compare him to Luke Garrick? I don't think so. Uh, Bill Terry, Mel Ott. I mean, you know, uh, now I'm drawing a blank, but I mean, you know, these guys are Hall of Famers, and wow, I, you know, he, he's a little bit further down the list, and and you know, as you said, the war thing. I remember that Brian Kenny from MLB. He's one of these Sabret metric nuts, and he was actually having a discussion with a sports writer, and and the sports writer said. You know how I could stop this discussion? He said, you once told me that Lou Whitaker had a better war than Derek Jeter. Now, who are you going to want in the seventh game of the World Series with two outs and a tie-in run or the winning run on base? Who are you going to want up at bat? Are you going to want Lou Whitaker or Derek Jeter? I'm putting my money on Derek Jeter, and I think that's where the stats don't. They cannot read clutch. They cannot read heart. And that's where it all breaks down because you don't know what's inside a guy's chest. You can have all the stats in the world and you can, as you say, you can skew them any which way you like. But when push comes to shove, who is the guy that's going to come through in a clutch? And the numbers can't tell you. They can give you a number and say, oh, he should be a good clutch hitter because blah, 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 this, that, that's that. But that doesn't always mean in the seventh game in the World City with the pressure of the world on your back. And and uh, that's the thing I've got with the sabermetrics. And it'll be a shame if we start seeing guys getting into the Hall of Fame when you look back and scratch your head and said, man, I watched that guy's whole career. Look, he was a nice ball player. But, uh, you know, he wasn't that good. And, I mean, they, they come up with something. They were going through things where they'd rather have guys in positions. And I was shaking my head when every time I watch MLB with that guy. Because, you know, I mean, he's 
talking about Adam Eaton, how great a center fielder he is and everything with that trade that the Nats went. And everybody I talk to says they think the Nats made themselves weaker because they got rid of a lot of potential uh, 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 pitchers and, and, and their top prospects for Adam Eaton. Oh, well, he shows that his numbers are blah, blah, blah. In the first place, he played right field mostly. So now they're going to put him in center. I, I'm not a numbers guy, and I apologize to the numbers people out there, but I think, you know, watch the movie, movie Trouble with the Curve. To me, that explains the whole thing. Very good. A lot of ballot players on the on the list this year. Uh, Orlando Cabrera, uh, Mike Cameron, Vladimir Guerrero, Manny Ramirez. We're going back to a few steroid type of names here. Uh, Ivan Rodriguez and uh, a few others. Melvin Moore, a couple of guys that you wouldn't even consider uh, as quote-unquote Hall of Famers. Pat Burrell. For the Phillies, he had a great career for the Phillies, but I I don't know how he made no. it on this list <laughs> uh, for Hall of Famers. Uh, Matt Stairs, another one uh, with the Phillies for a couple years with a ton of other teams and had a good career overall in baseball. Um, he's on the list this year. J.D. Drew. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. J.D. Drew, uh, we haven't heard his name in a while he's up on the list uh and you know it, it's it's an honor for these players to make the list and be nominated in the baseball writers but uh i don't know i don't know how many uh quality names you should have on there just to fill out a list but uh we'll see how they do in overall voting i think they have to score at least um, a certain amount of percentage to remain on the ballot. So we'll have to see how some of these players do. But as usual, it'll be interesting to see which way the voting goes. Of course, uh, Barry Bonds still on there. And last year he got 44.3% of ballots. So and, maybe he's got a, a few sympathy votes out there. And Roger Clemens too. It'll be interesting to see if their vote goes up this year because – uh, maybe some of the uh, the guys that were so adamant about not voting for steroid era players are changing their mind. Um, however, now Manny Ramirez, you mentioned, uh, probably could be a strong Hall of Famer, but I don't think he'll ever get in because he actually was suspended, what, once or twice for uh, substance abuse. So I don't think he'll he would have a uh, have have a chance, but he's definitely got the numbers and should be. And then, you know, uh, of the new guys that listed, I could see Pudge Rodriguez maybe getting in someday. Not, I don't think he's a first year. Guerrero, same thing. Uh, not a first year, but probably a Hall of Famer to some degree. Uh, Maglio Odonias had was was you know on track and and just had a lot of injury so i don't think he'll make it um uh, you know it's it's interesting to see and watch uh whom sammy sosa is still on the ballot but he only had seven percent last year so i you know 
not a, a stellar stellar list. Trevor Hoffman might get in, and he's the all time sa- uh, save leader. But a lot of people don't like him even in the Hall of Fame. But you know, if you don't have your all time leaders in there, uh, and that goes back to what big gripe that Pete Rose should be in. Yeah, so we'll have to see how this vote uh, shakes out. It comes around, uh, I believe, the 25th of January, somewhere around there. Got to get 75% of the ballots to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So it'll be interesting to see who makes it this year. Um, And some years, there's nobody that makes it. So uh, as you said, Gary, I'll be interested to see if some of those players' totals go, go up this year that's for sure rich and uh you know we, all we can do is wait and see unless the the ballots start coming out uh, they have to release not this year the next year i think they have to release them who they voted for um which is going to be interesting because are they going to release it ahead of time because then it'll take the whole suspense out of it if you can see how everybody voted you'll know who got in uh better to wait until they release the results but uh, you know that stuff always sneaks out and we'll see yeah and i think it should be private um myself i don't think your vote should become public knowledge for one reason or another that's just my opinion but uh you know the thing with the voting is it's changed over the years. It's It's been revised. It's been constantly updated with the times. So I guess, you know, now it's all an open book. But uh, I don't know if they should reveal that. Well, I think it's all that transparency nonsense that they, they want to do now. And don't, you know, everything is considered secret. And they don't want to do that. But, um We'll see what goes on with that. But, Rich, the um, hot stove is is kind of more like a lukewarm stove right now. Not a lot of uh, talk going on about traders. We're still waiting for that first shoe to drop, uh, you know, in Carcion or Batista or Trumbo. One of those guys, I, I think it's going to be a busy January and February, I think, because once one of them goes... It's gonna. They're all gonna start dropping. I think. Yeah, and you you wonder why they haven't gone yet, and the issue is probably money that some of these agents are holding out for these millions of dollars anymore. If you hear a pitcher or a position player sign for ten or twelve or fifteen million, you shrug it off like, oh, it's thirteen million. You know, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, it certainly is. <laughs> These players are probably asking for a whole ton more than that. So I just don't understand how baseball got in to the position of paying certain players millions and millions and millions of dollars. There was talk of uh, Bryce Harper when he comes on the market, when he's finally uh, a free agent of uh somewhere in the neighborhood of a $400 million contract for him. And that that's kind of inconceivable to me to play baseball for $400 million. I, I think there needs to be a ceiling up there somewhere. Well, 
look, it, you know, if he puts fannies in the seats and he can produce, I, I you know, I guess it's what the market bears. But uh, Bryce Harper better put up some good consistent years because he really hasn't been a $400 million ball player right now. Up to this point, he had the one good year, didn't have a, you know, had an off year last year. And that's kind of been the pattern. So I don't, you know, I, I get a kick out of you hear some of these young guys now with these, well, you know, we got to make sure we want to get that big contract and everything. Well, you know, put up some numbers. We've been hearing that about Matt Harvey in New York. And, you know, while he's put he, he's put up some nice numbers, he's been injured a lot, missed, you know, two years already practically. And I'm not seeing no consistent 20-game winner here every year. Um, you know, we're not talking about Koufax here. We're not talking about Bob Gibson with these guys. We're not talking about Mickey Mantle, you know, with numbers that would blow your mind out. And I guess it goes back, that goes back to the Hall of Fame thing as well, because, you know, those were guys you knew were going to the Hall of Fame. And and uh, a guy like Harper, right? there's probably only one guy right now that I would say is worth $400 million if if you were going to take a market to that level. And that would have to be your boy, Mike Trout. I mean, the guy puts up unbelievable numbers every year so far. I know he's only been, what, five years now? But every year his numbers have been so consistently high. Every year he's over 300. Every year he's got 25-plus home runs. Every year 100 RBI. I mean, that's consistency. Um, what Harper does, you know, one year is hitting 345, the next year he's hitting 260 or 215 or something. Uh, he's got to he's got to put some things. You you can't just because you have this, you built up this reputation of being a dangerous hitter, then expect to get the top dollar in the league. You know, I want to see some consistency. Absolutely, that's where it's at. So we'll have to keep our. Eyes on the hot stove. As Gary said, there's plenty of players left in that hot stove uh, to be claimed. And it'll be interesting to, to find out where they end up. And I guess at this point in the game, they're not very nervous, Gary. But, you know, 100 days left in the season and they don't know where they're playing yet. I, I kind of would start to get a little nervous myself, wondering if anybody would sign me. I I would think so, Rich. And I'm... And I'm- trying to see it just i read a story today and i don't know where i read it now and i can't seem to find it but you know uh, these guys are trying to find a home and there's one guy that's been on four teams this off season alone and he's with your phillies now i believe um a left-handed pitch i cannot remember his name but um he was on the seattle mariners roster they released him. He got picked up by the Cubs, I believe. Four days later, he must have been put on waivers because then he was picked up by Texas. Um, spent a scintillating nine days as a Texas Ranger before being picked up by the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. So I think the Phillies has been his longest tenure uh, this off season and it's been like 10 or 12 days. So um, a left-handed pitcher, 28 years old. Can't remember his name. Uh, Dave something. 
Now I'll have to look that one up myself. I haven't really uh, uh, run across his name yet. But, uh, yeah, the Phillies have been picking up uh, players here and there, some uh, people that they think will make a nice contribution to the 2017 season. It'll be interesting to see how that works out for them. And uh, some of the other teams around the league have been picking up some not big-named players, but uh, players that are going to get the job done for them. So that's a lot of these teams that aren't like your Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, uh, teams like that. They're picking up players that aren't as well-known, but they're still going to get out there and, and do a good job for your team. So. That's uh, that's what I always look forward to baseball. Some new stars are always born, guys that you don't hear the name of them, uh, but they get out out onto the field and uh, play their their hearts out. So it'd be interesting to see when that 2017 season starts up. Yeah, it certainly will, and I can't wait. (laughs) Let's take a look at a little bit of the odds uh, for the 2017 World Series. Of course, uh, before the big trade with Chris Sale going to the Boston Red Sox, the Red Sox were 9-1 to one, uh, in November to win the 2017 World Series. And after that trade, uh, which happened right around December 7th, they went to 11-2. to two. So they jumped right up, right underneath the Chicago Cubs now, Gary, as uh, – one, two favorites to uh, to win the World Series in 2017. Well, they'll all be weeping when the Mets win it. So uh, where are the Mets on that list, Rich? Well, let me check it out for you here. And the, evidently, the bookmakers out in Vegas did not like what they did from November to December because in November, the odds were 14 to 1. And now, uh, December 7th, the latest update that I've gotten, 18 to 1, the New York Mets. So uh, apparently, uh, maybe they don't like some of the moves that they've made in the offseason. Or well, lack of moves, perhaps. Uh, really, uh, probably the only thing they really did was sign Cespedes. They signed a couple of low minor league pitchers. Uh, or or former major league pitchers that they're giving minor league contracts to, but uh, yeah, we haven't done much. And uh, uh, rumor has it here that they're working, they're trying to work a trade for a center fielder. Uh, they talked to the Pirates about McCutcheon. Apparently, they've talked to the Rockies about uh, Blackman. They've also talked to the Reds about Billy Hamilton. Um, I like Hamilton's speed. I just you know you can't steal first base though. And uh, so you really want somebody on that can get on base a lot more. And McCutcheon probably would be worth it, but it's going to cost you a boatload of people. And kind of surprises me after an off year that he had that they'd still want that many, you know, uh, a lot of folks uh, in that trade. But who knows? Maybe a nice three-way trade will happen somewhere along the line and, um, we need to have something kickstart this off season. It's kind of when it always kind of dies out around Christmas time, but this year's really went dead after the, the, the winter meetings and the winter meetings, to be honest with you, I don't think we're as exciting as they were, uh, last year or two years ago. Definitely. Um, so it, it's been kind of a quiet off season. 
Yes, it has. Uh, as time just slips away and, and gets towards the holidays, you, you wonder when it's going to actually pick up. Because as you said, there's a few more big names out there. They have to land somewhere. And uh, maybe some of these teams are starting to draw a line in the sand as, as far as how much and how many years they're going to commit to a certain player, especially uh, those that are maybe over 30 years of age. Uh, maybe they don't want to do it. So it'll be interesting to see where some of these players end up. Well, I think a, a couple of two really had unrealistic uh, ideas of what they were worth. I mean, Jose Batista is what, 36, and he was looking for, uh, I think, $20 million a year or a $100 million contract. I don't think he's going to get it. He had he only hit 25 only. Uh, but he, he had a kind of an off year last year. And I don't, you know, uh, if Encarcion is having this much trouble and they say now he's patient. Now, the rumor was at the baseball meetings that he was nervous. Now, all of a sudden, he got patience. So I don't know. Maybe he got, uh, they say the six teams put offers on the table. So maybe that made him a little bit more patient. But, uh, I, you know, I think sometimes these guys overestimate themselves. And, and, and I think that while there's still a lot of money going out, I think teams are looking at players and, and trying. You know, you can remember a few years ago where they were given ridiculous contracts to to ridiculous players. I mean, guys were getting $10 million that were really, you know, four or $5 million players. And now I think they've stopped that a lot of that. Um, a lot of people say that a, a lot of teams, let's take the Mets again, Jay Bruce. A lot of teams don't think he's worth $13 million a year. And that's why the Mets may be having a trouble trying to move him because they don't see him as a $13 million a year player. So will the Mets have to kick some cash back to, to get rid of them? Maybe. But I think that's what teams are looking at now and and uh, trying to spend them. They're still spending the money, but they're trying to be more specific or, or get the guy and that they think deserves that kind of money. And we'll keep an eye out on it for you. You've got mail. And in the meantime here, um, I think I just heard something that I used to hear years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the old you got mail uh, thing there. Yeah, there it goes again, Gary. I don't know. I think we just you got mail. Yeah. Just mail in. <laughs> the mail call. Uh, we got a nice email from uh, a listener out in New York State. Mr. Jeff Cohen, and he wanted to stop by and tell us he really enjoyed the podcast of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. He especially liked the Hall of Fame talk, and he's got some tips for our listeners if you're considering going out to the Hall of Fame. The best time to go, he says, to Cooperstown is in January and February, and the reason is because the Hall of Fame is empty. In fact, a friend and I went there about 10 years ago, and a guide approached us to explain some of the Hall of Fame plaques, etc. He ended up giving us a private tour, even took some items out of the vault to show us. So they spent the whole day there, had a great time uh, the next day even at the museum. So uh, 
Yeah, he told us uh, the best time to go is, of course, January and February. But do watch the weather forecasts out there. Yes, that would be the thing that would would deter me from going in January or February. Uh, and, and Jeff is a, a great guy. Uh, he's a big listener of uh, our shows. And uh, thanks so much, Jeff. Apparently, he likes the Cooperstown Diner, too, because he likes... Uh, uh, he says the food is great there. It's very small, but it's a great place to eat. So uh, a little travel tip there. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing that would concern me would be the weather. Uh, because up there, that's no country, boy. And, and you know, we're talking feet, <laughs> not inches. So uh, I guess it would not. I can think of worse places to get snowed in if you could still walk to the Hall of Fame. But yeah, you got to really check the weather and check the weather there. Don't just look at your local weather. You got to find out what the weather is up there. Long range forecast. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jeff finishes up by saying, enjoying the podcast and can't wait for the season to begin. Well, thank you very much for the email. And uh, if you're listening out there, drop us a line. Uh, you can go right to the website, mlbthisweek.com. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you can email Gary directly, Gary at BaseballTalkRadio.com, or you could email myself, Rich at BaseballTalkRadio.com, and we'll be glad to uh, share your email, if you'd like, with the listeners. And Rich, lots of stuff on the uh, burners for uh, the rest of the off seasons. Uh, we have a couple of authors that are going to come on and and tell us about their books and I'm not going to give out any names because some of them might be uh, recognizable and we want to surprise the folks, but uh, it's going to be a great off season and we're going to continue to be here talking baseball and, and uh, talking to others about baseball. Yes, that's for sure. And we want to let our listeners know that we'll be taking a holiday break of a couple weeks. So if you don't hear from us, uh, we're just enjoying our holiday at home with our families, uh, shopping, doing those other things that everybody else does. So uh, we're going to talk to you in the 2017 year. Uh, it'll be our second year that we're doing this particular show here, Talking Baseball. And Gary, I just can't wait for it. As you said, we have some nice guests that we're uh, considering lining up for the show, uh, Talking Baseball with our listeners out there, some uh, real bright people, some authors and, uh, you know, some funny guys. So, uh, be sure to tune in and stay with us into the new year. And I want to take this time to wish everybody a very happy new year for 2017. And especially you, Gary, it's great doing the show with you. And the same, uh, to you, Rich, it's always a pleasure. And we always have a lot of fun talking and, and talking baseball and, uh, hanging out for, for an hour every week and uh, i'm gonna miss it the next couple of weeks but uh like you say holidays uh come in we'll be with our families and uh having some fun there so uh, uh like you said everybody out there happy holidays happy new year merry christmas happy hanukkah and make it a safe one so you can all come back and listen to us in 2017 Absolutely. Have a great time, everyone, and we'll talk to you in the new year. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.